Episode 26 of The Paul George Show welcomes Jenna Gizar. I grew up in really great youth ministry programs and surrounded by really amazing people who impacted my life greatly when it comes to my relationship with Jesus. And I wanted that as a as a young mom and um, just starting our, our family. I said, hey, will you do this with me? Just started Catholic Women's Ministry online. And a few of them said no, and a lot of them said yes. The Paul George Show! Welcome to the Paul George Show. This week, Paul welcomes founder of Blessed Is She, Jenna Gizar. He also shares hidden treasures like mobile lobes and fishes, a skateboarding Jesus, and his old tick Cajun accent. And now, from Christ Our King Studios in Lafayette, Louisiana, the photohygienic Paul George. Welcome to the show. Paul George here. Great to be with you today. Sitting next to Adam Conk, who's smiling today. I smiled almost, yeah, every day. You are a smiler. Yeah. I mean, what else are you going to do? Frown? Well, that's, I don't know. That's terrible. Have you heard of the resting face sort of um, initiative? Do you a know? Resting face initiative? Yeah. It's like this big thing now. It's like you can determine what your resting face looks like. What? Yes. How did. Okay, so like catch you, people sleeping. If you're just sitting there doing nothing, so, so it's like, what does your face look like when it's doing nothing? Okay, doesn't mean that's how you're feeling or you know what your expression is. So, what is Adam's resting face? I guess this is it. What do you think? So, you you do have a smiling resting face. Yeah, you bet I do. What <laughs> you, about you? I have an angry resting face, <gasps> hands down. Let me see it. Yeah, like I have this scrowl, I guess. Can you say that? Scrowl. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Isn't it? Like a mugshot. It is a mugshot. <laughs> what do you do to fix that? I've actually had my kids like walk up to me at random times and be like, Dad, are you mad? I'm like, no. Why Why, why would you say that? They're so like, is the solution to just never be at rest? They're like, your face looks mad. I'm like, sorry. God made me that way. I have an angry oh resting gosh. face. I'm sorry to hear that, man. So there's different kinds of resting faces, some we can't repeat on radio, but they describe yeah. what your face looks like when it's resting. I mean, is there some inner psychological meaning to this, or it's just, like, are you secretly angry all the time? I am a deep thinker, so I, I think I probably scrowl when I'm, when I'm, you know, like, thinking about something, and people are like, what what's going on in that dude's head, you know? And I don't know, but it's just the way I am. I'm okay with it. I'm glad you've accepted that. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with it. So, so have you seen this? This is so great. I could totally see you doing this. Uh-oh. So there is a guy. Uh, he's got a nickname. His nickname is Longboard Jesus. So here's a guy on campus in Akron, Ohio, college campus. And for Halloween, he dresses Jesus, and he was on this skateboard. It's called a longboard. It's like a really long skateboard. Well, anyway, it's stuck, so now every day... He goes around in Jesus' uh, costume and sandals and, and skateboards, but he's really, really good on the skateboard. And his nickname is Longboard Jesus. And you could see me doing this? I could see you with long hair. So this guy has long hair and looks like Jesus. Uh, yeah. You think I look like Jesus? Do I think you look like I think if you grew your hair out uh -huh. and grew a beard, 
Uh-huh. You could play Jesus in the Passion Play. Wow, thanks, man. I've done that before, but thanks. Really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, everybody does that in high school like once, right? No. You didn't do that? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but you. I looked nothing like of Jesus. Course. Why didn't they give me another role? It was an artistic interpretation of the... You were probably like the strength of Jesus. Like you represented his strength because you were big and tall. You called me muscle head or muscle something last time. Yeah, you're a muscle guy. <laughs> and what I meant by that was... Can I just clarify? <laughs> oh, you want to go back and can clarify? Can I just clarify? What I meant was... What I meant was... You are aware of the different types of muscles. I can't I didn't imagine... Mean that like a meathead. How many times... You probably go to your wife and be like, okay, what I meant was, <laughs> what I meant was, oh. just, just like every guy, right? Well, that's yeah. not what I meant. That's not what I meant. <laughs> what I meant was. So do you see me riding a skateboard or dressing like Jesus? Like, could I just dress like Jesus without, I'm not too good at a skateboard. Yeah, I don't think you would you. be able to hit up the longboard. And in sandals, that looks hard. But apparently this guy's hit it so big that like advertisers are calling him. And so, like, he's, like, in college, so he's taking a semester off to evaluate his options. Are you serious? Yeah, because he was, you know, so silly to dress up like Jesus in a longboard. Yeah, look, what's the world come to now, right? So now he's going to make a living dressing like Jesus. He's like, I don't want to offend anyone. Believe what you believe. This this was just for fun. And I'm like, hey, man, you be you. Oh, my gosh. Is this one of those examples where Jesus said people will come in the latter days that claim to be me but don't listen to him? You do you. You do you. Is that you, what Jesus you, that's said? That's what Jesus said. <laughs> you do you. You do you. <laughs> All right. So we had this debate not long ago, and back at you, Adam. What? So this woman ordered a pineapple pizza. Okay. So bringing that up again. We have to. Okay. Uh, and so the shop sends her um, a pizza without the pineapple on it with a note that says, we cannot put pineapple on this pizza it just goes against everything about pizza what yes yep that doesn't make any sense so the guy wrote look i'm reading he put an extra five dollars in the box of pizza to cover (laughs) the lack of pineapples that she paid for the pineapple and he says couldn't bring myself to put pineapple on it that's gross sorry what the heck yeah yeah well first of all I am impressed by this this man's level of conviction, or woman, whoever made the pizza, their mm-hmm. level of conviction. Like that, they didn't just make a note; they put money, like they put their money where their mouth is. That is impressive. I'm just gonna say, right? Because I can I can distance myself from the issue, and say that's pretty neat. However, give the woman a pineapple. What the heck? She ordered it. I agree. It's on the menu. She wanted it, but he couldn't bring himself to it. That's what he said. It just it went against all its. Well, good. then he needs to go all the way and resign. Now, can you imagine if a guy like that had as much passion for not putting pineapple on a pizza as he did for his faith? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, can you imagine if we had that much passion about yeah, like, an issue? Like, if you work at one of those retro video stores and somebody goes to rent a video and you're like, I can't just, I can't give you this video. I can't get, that's a bad video, man. Mm-hmm. I cannot, I can just can't give it to you. As a matter of fact, I'm going to give you $5 back and more. Like, imagine if that we were that passionate. Cool. Yeah, that would be kind of cool. I mean, there are enough there are enough Christians, there are enough Catholics in the country to, if we all decided to just start doing that a little bit in our daily job, mm-hmm. it could cause a ruckus, a good ruckus. Yeah, I mean, I think that's how we we move forward the faith. I mean, so I'm gonna pray that you you shift your passion from pineapple pizza 
to well since you brought it up wouldn't you say you're faith. the passionate one about pineapple pizza apparently i'm passionate one about the non-pineapple right pizza. i'm on board with this guy you just want me to give up pineapple pizza and i don't understand that because it makes me so happy all right so speaking of food uh it's a lint mm-hmm. um but uh i don't know if you've heard of this adam so great i love this so there's a a mission and ministry in Austin, Texas. Uh, they have a lot of homeless people in downtown Austin, in the Austin area, like a lot of cities and a lot, a lot of big cities. And so this guy started this. He went on a retreat. He had a huge conversion as a Catholic. He started a non-denominational Christian ministry called Mobile Loaves and Fishes. So you know the whole movement of food trucks, mm-hmm. right? Well, he he basically like flipped the idea on its head and said, "I'm gonna I'm gonna do a food truck, and the food truck's simply gonna serve the homeless." So it started with one one food truck getting food, and they would go downtown and just serve every night. The homeless people called mobile loaves and fishes. Now they serve thousands of homeless people every night. Really? Yeah. Wow, this is very cool. Yeah, so I, that's what I'm talking about, like taking the passion for something so small and letting it drive you into doing something for faith. This is what happens. Like you begin to do stuff that's beyond what you ever thought that you can do on your own. Like this guy just wanted to serve and help. And before you know it, um, this guy named Alan Graham, who I haven't met, but I have friends in Texas who who help serve and work um, – started mobile loaves and fishes and they serve 1200 meals from 12 food trucks every night. Wow. 12 food trucks. 12, that is a massive operation. It's a massive operation. Well, how do they fund this? Like people who get involved? Yeah. Donations, wow. uh, restaurants give food. Uh, they, they cook it during the day. You know, it's, they have like a, um, a cupboard or, or you know, mm-hmm. a, where people can donate and then they use all that stuff and, you know, they go out 12 food trucks every day. And what's so cool is they've been doing it for so long now. They've built a uh, mobile loaves and fishes community where homeless people can live in these little houses, these mini houses, and they share life together. They grow garden and they, they live off the land and they, they live in this safe kind of homeless community that's that's there. You know what I love about this is I often get up in the clouds when I think about issues like homelessness and like how do we change the culture and the society and the systems. But, you know, just like Mother Teresa said, you just you love people and that's it. Like that's what changes things like they didn't they didn't, you know, go to their local congressman or whatever and say, hey, we need to change X, Y, Z. They just started loving people. It's us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's what any Hickman said in our last show, like the 10 foot radius that Mother Teresa talked about. So. Let our passion uh, for pizza drive us to actual movement into serving. Now, serving can I ask God you a question? Out in the world. Would you let me serve pineapple pizza on that food truck? I would. Thanks, if, if it helped the homeless. Thanks, man. I would do it. Excited about our guest, Jenna Gizor from Phoenix, Arizona. It's a great show today, Adam. Thanks for being here. And uh, yeah, we'll be right back. All your show.
Welcome back to the show. Great to be with you. Paul George in the studio. Adam Conk, quiet in the corner, thank God. And I'm super excited about our guest today, Jenna Gizar. Jenna, how are you doing today? I'm good. It is sunny and beautiful here in Arizona, so I'm a happy camper. I know Tempe, Arizona, which, you know, I actually lived out there for three years and loved it. I loved it. So, yeah, it's always sunny there, isn't it? I can't not? believe you're... I can't believe you're only out here for three years. I thought it was longer than that. It seemed crazy. I know. I think it's this thing like Jesus multiplies like time, loaves, fishes. (laughs) So it felt like 10 years, but it was only three. (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah. So, um, so, so yeah, thanks for coming on the show today. Uh, you're married to, to geese. So is that not the best nickname ever? Your husband's nickname is geese. It is. I get to be Giza's wife for the rest of my life. It's the greatest. <laughs> yeah, so how long have you guys been married now? It's been years since I've run into you. You run this ministry called Blessed Is She, uh, which I can't wait to get into. What you guys are doing is phenomenal. But how long have you and Giza been married, and how many kids do you guys have now? We have. Been, it was eight years in November that we've been married, and we have three daughters and Mike's still, Mike's still holding his breath for his son to come along. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That's crazy. Uh, So life is obviously busy for you guys. And then you run this full-time ministry called blessed is she, um, net, which I can't wait to get into more of the details on that and the movement there and what you're doing in women's ministry, uh, and the day-to-day work there. But, uh, life's busy for you. How do you operate uh, just as as being sort of this wife and mom first with everything else going on in your life? It's hard. It's um, it's definitely a lot of, of Mike, my husband's first name, Mike, <laughs> of him putting me in check a lot. Um, you know, I think that's a, been a lot of our marriage is us waiting for the other one to kind of um, see the light again when it comes to our priorities and, and what, is most important in our lives. And so we're really patient with each other. Um, we lived all of our lives being surrounded by ministry. He, we actually got married when he was playing in a, in a band. And so he was traveling and, and doing conferences and retreats and things like that. And so that was a lot of me kind of waiting for him to, to be home and to be present. And so the roles have kind of re- reversed in our lives and mm. a lot of me being busy and him, saying, hey, Jenna, you know, we need to focus and center our family life. And and so to be completely honest, it is hard, you know, balance. I don't really think balance is a real thing. Um, I think it, it's recognizing that family has to be first. Our marriage has to be first for everything else to fall into place. It's not so much a balance of, okay, how am I going to juggle these two? It's really this one's a priority thing I'm holding on to. And from that, everything else works. Yeah, I think that's a good point. People use this word balance all the time. And it's like we're always after this idea of achieving balance in our life. And I don't even know if that's a thing, like you said, uh, as much as saying, what are priorities in my life and making those priorities an actual priority, right? Right. You know, so so you guys yeah. go, go to the drawing board and say, hey, we need to reprioritize our life. It's not so much, yeah, maybe you could say we're out of balance, but we need to reprioritize and make sure that our family's first. How, how do you guys do that? What's the conversation like? And then how do you make those adjustments? Because many people are listening, kind of thinking the same thing. Like, I, I don't know how to do that. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's a ton of communication. You know, I think everything in marriage comes down to communication and being honest with each other. Mm. I think a lot of the time I struggled a lot with kind of holding things in when things were um, frustrating or when I felt like we were out of balance or our priorities weren't in check. Mm -hmm. And what's really great about Mike is that he is awesome at communicating with me. So he's really honest and open and, and vulnerable to be able to say, Hey, we need more of you around. And, and for, it takes a ton of grace and openness for both of us to be having that conversation, to be open to that conversation. And so it's really just saying, okay, I love my husband and I want to honor him and I want to honor my family and our time together. And so I have to be open to what he's saying to me. I have to be humble enough to hear that this needs to go back in check, that yep. our priorities need to realign with each other. So it's a, it's a ton of um, patience and communication and humility, like I said, and I struggle a lot with humility. I I have a ton of pride and so it's it's humbling every day to um, be in a marriage with him um to to be a mom is so humbling also uh so it's just he's really good for me he's really great at communication and being honest and i think those are key for us yeah i think you you guys probably find as as i do in my marriage gretchen and i is that you know we're we're one of us strong in one area the other person maybe is a little bit weaker and you kind of balance each other out you know and then you, you help each yeah. other become better, you know, like you move forward together, getting better together a, as a unit. But you said one thing that, that I think is, you know, so amazing and hard, and I want to bring it up, is, you know, when, when your spouse or someone says to you, hey, we need you around a little bit more, that is really hard to hear and not get defensive and say, you know what, look what I've been doing, look at all the stuff, look how hard I've been working, Right. Like, how do you hear that yeah. and actually enter into the conversation without digging in or kicking back? Yeah, that's where my biggest struggle is. Um, again, like I said, I really struggle with pride. I struggle with saying, hey, look at all these things I'm doing. I find a lot of my, I've come to find that I find a lot of my worth in things that I've achieved mm -hmm. as opposed to who I am. And so it's really me having that sort of tension in my own self of, well, I need to achieve all these things to feel like I'm worthy or that I'm worth something. And so me recognizing that has been huge, um, especially for our marriage to say, you know, I don't need to do all these things to, to have worth or to feel like I'm someone or, or to feel proud of myself. It really, ultimately, I need to be humble enough to recognize that my family comes first, that my husband is my first priority and my kids are my first priority. And so it's definitely a tension for me. It's, it's a struggle for me, but it's something that I think the first step is recognizing that, right? Like yeah. you have to recognize where, where the issue is to be able to root it out. And so I'm still on that first step. I think I, I struggle with it every day and I'm praying for the grace and it's been really nice. I know we're going to talk about blessed is she later, but yeah. I just recently quit my job about six weeks ago. I used mm. to be a respiratory therapist. Um, and so it's been incredible to not have two full-time jobs mm. um, and to just be home with Blessed Is She because I, I work from home. And so I get to actually spend time in prayer and not really have an excuse of, oh, I have to go to work today or I have to play catch up from being at the hospital yesterday. And so 
that prayer time for me has been incredible mm. to me kind of really dealing with that tension in myself and, and dealing with that pride that I have to be able to have those open and honest conversations with, with Mike. Yeah, that's so good. Talking to Jenna Gizar, Tempe, Arizona, at Blessed Is She on Twitter, blessedisshe.net, which we're going to get into more, the ministry work that you're doing with women. Um, you know, it's hard for us as husbands and wives to say to ourselves, you know, because we get our identity a lot in what we do and accomplish. And I think you're hitting, you know, a, a button for all of us who are listening to you. Uh, you know, the, the most important thing sometimes we can do in a day is sit down and read a book with our, one of our kids, sit down at the dinner table and just have dinner, uh, you know, go play outside, uh, go on a date with our spouse. And, and in our mind, we're thinking, okay, this is the right thing to do, but it doesn't seem like I'm accomplishing anything. You ever feel that way? Yes, absolutely. I, my mind is constantly going. My to-do list is a million miles long, like most everyone. Um, so I definitely, I know it. Just like you said, you know it's the right thing to do. And yet I, I really struggle with, with taking the time and, again, setting myself aside and say, what is most important right now? It's my kids. It's, mm-hmm. it's like you said, I smiled when you said reading a book with your children. That is my my kids' favorite thing to do with me is to sit down and read with me. And it's so special, and I, I really struggle with it um, because I do feel like I'm so busy. Everyone's always so busy, but it's, it's something that's vital to our relationship. And I want to be able to cultivate a relationship of listening to my children as they're still young. My oldest is only seven. Mm-hmm. So to be able to, to cultivate a relationship with her of, hey, I hear you when you're speaking, or I'm here when you want me to hold you or to sit with you or to read with you, that I'm present in these times when they're still young so we can continue to cultivate that conversation when they're older. I know you have older kids, mm-hmm. so I try to glean wisdom from from you all as much as I can. <laughs> There's still times where my kids are, are talking to me and they look at me like, dad, you're not even listening. And I'm like, you know what? You're exactly right. Like I'm not, I'm not listening to you right uh-huh. now. I completely zoned out and my mind was somewhere else. And what I've just learned is one to acknowledge and to be honest. You know what? You're right. I was yeah. wrong and I'm going to start over. Okay. Tell me again. I'm, I'm focused. And you know, just being vulnerable with my kids. You know, you talked about how mm. how you and Mike are vulnerable in your communication. I think it's crucial as a parent to be vulnerable with your kids and to be honest mm. and upfront and transparent. And when they see that, they, they can do the same. And then they understand that you're human. You're not superhuman. You're not a hero. Uh, and you're loving them the best way that you can. Yeah, absolutely. One of my favorite things, I don't remember who initially taught it to me, but is to ask my children for forgiveness is yeah. to ask them to forgive me. Um, I think forgiveness is huge in our household. You know, it doesn't stop it. I'm sorry. It's, you know, the, the next part of, will you forgive me? Will you be active in this with me? And so um, it's huge to me to be able to sit down with my daughters and say, you know, I'm, I'm really sorry that I wasn't there for you today or, or when you asked me to be, will you forgive me? And, I mean, I'm hoping that that's, that's creating some groundwork for us in our future relationship also. Um, Absolutely. Totally. totally yes. <laughs> All right, Jenna Gizar, we're going to come right back, uh, and we're going to talk about this awesome ministry, Blessed Is She. It's Paul George Show.
Welcome back to the show. Great to be with you, Paul George, here. And uh, have Jenna Gizor, Tempe, Arizona, blessed is she, uh, .net. Jenna, seriously, that was such a great segment. I think we could talk all day long about how, you know, I, I don't know, like how transparent we need to be as people and not try to hide things. Mm. But you run this ministry called Blessed Is She, uh, and I've been browsing through your website. My wife has one of your journals, which I just found out about, uh, <laughs> and uh, and it's phenomenal. So, so where did the how, what's tell us the, the advent of Blessed Is She? Like, how did it come about, and and how did God birth this this ministry? Yeah, it came from a a struggle for me trying to find a solid women's ministry in the Catholic Church. Okay. Um, I grew up in really great youth ministry programs and surrounded by really amazing people who impacted my life greatly when it comes to my relationship with Jesus. And I wanted that as a, as a young mom and um, just starting our, our family. I was lacking sort of that relationship and community life with mm-hmm. other women because we, we were no longer forced into these relationships with each other at youth groups or at conferences or retreats, right? We were out in the world in our own little homes, and we no longer were forced into into community together. And Mm so I went to my church and was trying to find something that kind of pulled me in, Or and I went to the neighboring parishes and and tried to find a women's ministry that attracted me or or that there were women there that I wanted to to be in relationship with. And it was difficult to find. Surprisingly, and and I think I was mostly kind of in shock that there wasn't a solid women's ministry that had a cohesive, um, a cohesive name and and mission and uh, vision for women in the church. And I wanted that badly. And I looked at a ton of our Protestant sisters who have created these really amazing communities online, especially, but. Um, even in real life, these that a lot of Protestant churches have these community groups, and they have small groups with with young families or small groups with women and, and men small groups. So, I wanted that badly um, for myself and for my husband um, for us to to have something to go to and and something to be in community with others with. Anyway, so that was it. Was really it? It was it was from a a lack, I guess, that I felt like there was something missing. And so I knew a ton of Catholic women bloggers from blogging myself. I was doing some lifestyle blogging blogging and just talking about my family and that sort of thing. And and so I knew all these women and I said, hey, ladies, do you want to be part of this thing with me? I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't even have a name for it yet. Um, But will you do this with me? Just start a Catholic women's ministry online. And a few of them said no. And a lot of them said yes. And those yeses surprised me. And so then I said, all right, I guess we're going to do this. Yeah, I love it. Uh, it's great. I want to read a little bit from your website. It says, uh, blessed is she, we are women just like you, not me, but other women. Uh, we, are, <laughs> we are single, married, mamas and grandmas too. Uh, here at Blessed Is She, we help foster community through daily devotion straight into your inbox. We walk with you through the crazy journey uh, as a daughter of the King, I I love this. I think what's key, you know, a lot of times in the church we have these things called programs, and programs mm-hmm. come and go. Uh, and what I love about what you're doing is that it's community based because we all yeah. we all desire relationship with people and that connectedness. 
and you guys do this really well. Is is this not at sort of the the core, the center of what Blessed She is about? Yes, absolutely. So kind of our two main things are we want women to daily dive into prayer. So we send out daily devotions to your email inbox every day um, for you to start your day in the Word and in you know, just prayer with the Lord and so relationship with Him. And then number two, that that extend into a community and into a relationship with others. Um, like you said, I think we all desire relationship with each other. Yeah. And what I've come to find from my own relationships and my own friendships is that I find out so much more about the Lord through these other people. Um, I find out so many more attributes of Him and ways that He loves me and ways that He loves others through my friendships. And so I I want so badly that that all women be able to have really solid, all men too, but, but with blessed is she that all women have really solid friendships where, where you can say, Hey, I'm struggling with this or, or, you know, I'm having a hard time with this or I need prayer for this or, Hey, can you celebrate this amazing, joyful time with me? I think it's essential for us to be in relationship with each other. And and I want that for every woman to have. Yeah, absolutely. So people can go to the website, blessedisshe.net, and they can actually join the online community. Um, but is there a way that people can start, you know, a Blessed Is She group in their home parish or in their house or something like that? Yes, definitely. So something I really wanted to focus on with Blessed Is She was to make it easier for women to not feel afraid to open themselves up to others. Because it is a, it's a hard thing to say, okay, I'm going to be vulnerable with these people. I don't know if I'm going to, it's going to be reciprocated. Um, so something that we started doing with Blessed Is She was what we call a blessed brunch. So it's really just, if you want to host it, you basically open up your home and it's a potluck brunch and we put it on the website, uh, the, the info for the brunch. And then women just come and show up with potluck and you share a meal together and you sit down with each other and we provide discussion questions and, and women just sit down and they break bread together and they talk to each other and then they kind of dive into these questions to get to know each other more. And so that's really not only physically opening the door to a relationship with another woman, but it's sitting down and, and, emotionally and spiritually opening yourself up to another person, which I think is where the root of all friendships are. I love that. I found a blessed is she journal in our house. I was like, what is this? And uh, <laughs> my wife joined a group. They're doing a Linton study. And I was like, oh, wow, this is cool. Um, yeah. So we, we do the blessed brunches and then we sell a Lenten and Advent journal, like you said. So um, she's, she's doing the Lent journal and from those blessed brunches, we encourage women to be able to get each other's contact information and say, okay, now let's take the next step in this relationship. Let's have a small group. And we have a small group study guide that's free on the site also. Um, and then, for example, for Advent and Lent, it's, okay, let's sit down, do this journal together and open it up and say, you know, what what did you get in prayer? What did you think about these certain passages? So it's really neat to see these women kind of taking initiative to make it their own. Um, the, the journal is meant for personal prayer. It's, it's a prayer journal, so journal through it. But I just think it's amazing to see that women are, are opening themselves up to each other and saying, okay, let's do this in a small group and, and really dive in even more and be vulnerable with each other. And so it's just really neat to see it come to life like that. Yeah. So would the, the male version be a bro, bro brunch? <laughs> 
totally. I'm okay. going to start that. No, right. you start it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I do think that uh, y'all should have a blessed is he, and we could do a bro brunch, me and geese. There you go. Yeah, no, it'd be phenomenal. Okay, so also uh, one of the things that I learned is that you guys do um, a blesses she retreat called Beloved. Uh, talk yes. to me about this. This sounds phenomenal, not for me, but for women out there. What's up? Yes. Um, so Beth Davis has come to be one of my very close friends. She's been on your show, right? Uh, she hasn't. I'm trying to get her on, but she's so busy <laughs> and famous that she she can't carve out the time. So. She is busy and famous. Yeah, so she actually wrote um, these retreats for us. It's called The Beloved Retreat, and it's based off of The Life of the Beloved by Henry Nowen. And Mm -hmm. so we've done the retreat in California. We went to Huntington Beach area in October. And then we have another one um, in Arizona in March, and then one in Texas, which will be my first time going to Texas, in April. So it's really, really awesome. It's a day, it's a, just a day long retreat. We did that so that we, you know, women who have families can kind of get away just for a day. And, um, it's, it's all day long. It's chock full of worship of, of there's a bunch of speakers that give amazing talks and, and, uh, we do mass and adoration and we have confession. And so it's just, it's a real retreat experience where you're actually getting away from daily life and stepping outside of that and diving into an entire day devoted to, to prayer and relationship with the Lord. And so it's been awesome. This is our second year doing it in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm obviously in the Phoenix area. So it's, it started with the idea of, okay, we're just going to do an annual retreat in Phoenix. And then last year at our first one, I was like, I would think it would be really special to kind of do these in more areas and to be able to offer it in more regions in the U.S. And so we're able to go to California and then obviously in Texas coming up. So it's really cool. I'm open to see if we continue to do them in more areas would be really, really special. Um, but I'm excited for Arizona most because Ike and Dolo and Emily Wilson are like my favorite people ever, and they're going to be leading us in worship. So I'm excited about that. That's great. You can find out information on those retreats on the website. Uh, blessed to see. So we don't have much time left. Jenna, what, what encouragement would you give uh, women, moms, grandmas, single ladies out there uh, to to get involved with Blessed She or community or, or whatever it could be? Sure, yeah. Um, so I encourage you at whatever parish you're at, if you ever see someone, I really struggle with this, but I have a good friend who does this. If you ever see someone who you think you want to be friends with, she actually chases them down in the parking lot and says, Hey, do you want to be my friend? And like they set up a coffee date, which I think is hilarious. But if you're not that daring, you can go to blessedishy.net and we have regional Facebook groups. So we have regions all around the U S and then we also have Asia and Australia and Texas had to have their own group. And anyway, so those are really special. They're a really cool way to just get um, prayer requests out there and to talk with other um, Catholic sisters. And they also have set up, different small groups from those regional groups. So, for example, we have a couple Phoenix small groups that have started from the Southwest Regional Facebook group. So that's a really cool way to just kind of get your feet wet in the Blessed Issue community is to join those um, Blessed Issue small groups, and then you can kind of find other um, friendships there and other sisters in Christ there. And so I love it. That, that is awesome. Blessedisshe.net yeah. and on Twitter at Blessed Is She. Jenna, thank you so much, and give a big hug to Geese for me. I will. Thank you so much, Paul. I really appreciate it. All right. Talk to you again. God bless.
Yeah, dude. Loving the song choices. Oh, yeah? Yes. That's like a mixture of like 70s and 80s kind of like. It's because the church is for all time. Remix. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah, I wish we could have actual like 70s and 80s songs. We need to get a band, like a Paul George show band that could actually play music. Like on Saturday Night Live or The Night Show or something like that. Like it's the house band. You could have your, your, like Jimmy Fallon has the roots. Yeah. You could have like the The Commodores. The Georgers. The Commodores? Yeah. Do you remember the They really exist. Oh, yeah. But I don't think you can get them. Why not? Because they probably don't want to do that. I mean, we could pay them. Well, yeah, but it's just more the idea. (laughs) Hey, do you want to be a podcast band? (laughs) Yeah, but I think we need to set our sights a little smaller. <laughs> money talks, Adam. <laughs> money talks. Okay, I can get Lionel Richie and the Commodores in here. <laughs> that would be awesome. Thank you. Don't be a dream stiller today. I'm just trying to be a realistic person. Okay, what'd you learn from the show life. today? I learned a new word. Actually, what she said, you all, like she, like two different words instead of y'all. Right, like I've. Yeah, so in Phoenix, they don't say you all. They say you all. Yeah. So I learned that. That's what you learned. Yeah. Awesome. What about you? Well, I learned that pineapple pizza is still bad. <sighs> I think you found the like one other person that agrees with you. That's all. And I also learned that there's two really good ministries out there doing awesome work. Mobile Loaves and Fishes, mm-hmm. which is so cool. I love what they do. And Blessed is She. Yeah. Phenomenal work they're doing for building community of women. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. So that's what I learned today. It's good learning. It's good learning. So (laughs) how about those six-pack of questions? Question. So, Paul, your pleasant conversation with Jenna began by her saying she was a happy camper, and that's a quote, because it's warm and sunny in Phoenix. Are you a happy camper? Do you like to go camping? Are you ever happy when you're camping? Some people are. Uh, Hence the phrase... Happy camper. I, I'm happy when I get away. I'm a happy getawayer. Get but away a happy home. camper. I don't know. Was when was the last time you camping went? Camping or being at like a kids camp or something like that. No, I think it's like camping. When was the last time you went? Um, not long ago, but I had to go like roughing it. So there's versions of camping. There's like roughing it rule. You know, no, you know, amenities. Right. And then there's sort of like a nice cabin camping. So is that I can do the roughing thing, but I'm getting to the age where like I don't feel like it. Yeah, you know. So I you've want, proved your manhood I want already. Running, yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. I want running water and electricity and AC, but I'll sleep on a cabin bed or something like that. Yeah, and barbecue outside. I'm cool, and then I'm a happy camper. <laughs> so that's when I'm a happy camper. So you've experienced being a happy camper. Yeah, I've, I've experienced being a miserable camper too. Oof. Yeah, but. Yeah, happy camper it is. I tell you what, she's not going to be a happy camper in July when it's 4,000 degrees. <laughs> Does it reach 4,000? Close to it. Nice. Yeah. In Phoenix? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 4,000. Dang. That's pretty hot. Question number two. Um, now, do you think that Budweiser or some Chimay would sponsor this segment of the show? Maybe. Maybe I think... Um, think we need to have some serious negotiations. Yeah, let's get the word out there. We obviously, okay, all the listeners listening, share the podcast. The more it gets shared, or, or the radio show, uh, the more it gets shared, the more people listen, more people listen, more people spread the word, more people spread the word. Maybe there's more of a chance that we'll get the sponsor. I think it would take like 
somebody who works there likes the show, brings it up to the boss. That so, could that could happen. It could happen. All right, number two. She talked about being checked by her spouse. Love the honesty, right? Where have you been, like, hockey checked? I, I want to give the image of, like, wow, by Gretchen. Every day. No, where? Like, what area? Like, what? She just pushed you into the side of the, of the rink there. Like, physically? No, or? no, like. Because she's <laughs> tiny. Like, she pushes on me like I don't move. No, I mean, like, that level of, like. Like, I had, I had like, a, a, like, a, like, a pulled muscle on my back. I was like, babe, can you, touch? you know touch it and she was like pushing on it i was like no can you like you massage it she's like i am she was like pushing as hard as you could i was like it feels like a butterfly is on my back <laughs> all right where is she like challenged you as a man um well i think it always but one of the ways i think mostly is my ability to communicate effectively with her and trust you know um so when we first got married i mean I just thought you just kind of like say whatever you want and then everything's over. Communication is much deeper. You know, like you really have to talk and listen. And for guys, share your feelings, hear feelings, dialogue. And as Jenna was saying, hear some things that you don't want to hear, but not let pride get in the way. Let humility kind of stand as in the forefront so that you can you can grow. So I think. You know, in my marriage, it's been one of the ways that I get checked all the time is the ability to communicate effectively. Yeah. Wow. Thanks for sharing that, Paul. You're welcome. <laughs> Number three. So we already brought up that she said you all, which fascinates me, and not y'all. But you're from here, and you lived in Arizona. So when you lived there, did you stop saying y'all and things like it? Okay, so when I moved there, I graduated college, got married, worked a little bit here moved there. So I was 23 when I moved to Arizona. Mm-hmm. I still had a fairly thick Louisiana accent. Would you be vulnerable enough to share a little bit of that? So, man, yeah, yeah. It was like that? That yeah. was Paul George? Well, it'd be a little bit a little bit thick like that. That's how you talk? A little bit, I That's think. That's awesome. I want to meet that Paul one day. So, but it, it was fading out a little bit through college and stuff like that, but in high school it was very thick. Mm-hmm. Okay, but when I moved out there, I thought it was gone. But I would say things in my talks or, you know, interaction with people, and they would look at me like, what in the heck did you just say? And so I'd have to explain it using other words to explain simple words like horse and harse. I would say harse. <laughs> Y'all. Instead of ceiling, I'd say ceiling. You know, just simple things like that. And people would laugh. Oh my gosh. So anyway, what was your question? <laughs> Did you stop saying y'all and things like that when you were in I Phoenix? think I kept y'all, but I think I learned. Phoenix was so good for me because I learned how to pronounce words. Wow. Which was great because as I gave talks, it was important to pronounce <laughs> words. And in Louisiana, we shorten words and we say things and we understand them from each other. And so we don't really get better at communicating. A harse is a harse of curse of curse. Oh my gosh. That's good stuff. All right, question number four. Yep. So she brought it up, and it's a common theme, really. A lot of your guests are bringing this up, and just friends of ours always bring this up. But this need for a small community seems to be a recurring theme throughout the church, apparently not just here, but in Phoenix and in a lot of places. Why, why does this keep coming up, you think? What is it about small communities that people need today? Jesus started a small community. 
we're creative for community. We desire to be in relationship. So this isn't like a new fad or a new concept. Uh, this isn't like, you know, since the advent of Facebook, now we need community. Community is something we've always needed and longed for. And I think there are some vacancies out there. And I think certainly in our current culture and climate of the world, we love to drive up to our house and close the garage door, right? And access everything on the internet. So that there are certain things out there. But community has always been a part of, of the world, of humanity, of life. God created community. He created man and woman to be in community. God is community. The Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, live in union with one another. So everything we know about God and see about God and know about the church has, has been and always will be community. And we need to find a place where we can plug in our community. So she did talk a little bit about maybe some some uh, maybe church parishes are out there that just lack that community. And I think certainly if we were honest, maybe there's not a parishes that we belong to that have that sense of community. And we need to. We need our parishes need to have a sense of community as well. Interesting stuff. Yeah. All right. Question number five: How in the world did your wife join a regular group that meets regularly for Lent, and you didn't know about it? Well, because it starts this week. So, but she had the book. Actually, today is the first. She had day. signed up for it. And well, she told me about it, but I didn't know there was a journal. So I saw this oh. nice, like a leather-bound journal. It said, "Blessed is she." I was like, "I want one." I want one. Did she give you one? It says, blessed is he. <laughs> Can you say that again? Blessed is he. Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> so, so yeah, I mean, I knew ab- about it, but didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Were you just not paying attention? Maybe she told Probably you. Probably was completely not paying attention. <laughs> I'm not trying to get you in trouble here. No, but. it's fine. It is what it is, man. It is what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> All right. Question number six. What do you wish you could go back and tell 18-year-old Paul about women? So you've spent a lot of time with your wife, and obviously she's helped you understand women a lot more. You have daughters. Yeah. You've also known really cool people like Jenna that, you know, obviously do a great job of communicating and and um, are a great example of women. So you've had all this formation in understanding women. What, if you can go back and tell 18-year-old Paul, would you tell him? Just one thing. Gosh, man. I'm going to have an 18-year-old son soon, so what would I tell him, right? We could do a whole show on this. All right. We could do a an, a 24-pack, a case of questions. What did, what, what did you need to know at that point? Oh, I think what I needed to know is that, um, you know, I really needed to, to understand the depth of dignity that women had. Mm-hmm. and and But I think that was rooted in not fully understanding the dignity that I had, you know, uh, and so seeing the beauty in women, like all women of all shapes and sizes and whatnot. So, so yeah, just to see beauty, real beauty, uh, in the world and in, and in women. And I think blessed is she is doing that. So thanks to Jenna Gizar for coming on the show. You can find us on podcast, paulgeorge.la on iTunes. Uh, thanks Adam for today. It's a great show. We'll be back next week. It's the Paul George Show. God bless.